Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin chapter 12 in the book of Mark. Yes, we're still in the Passover week, which will eventually culminate in Jesus' crucifixion. But Jesus is still preaching the gospel. And in today's passage, after being confronted by the scribes and Pharisees about where Jesus gets his authority, Jesus begins to teach in a parable. And this parable, well, let's just say it didn't paint the religious leaders of the day in a positive light. And that much they clearly understood. But they didn't learn. They didn't repent. They chose instead to resent and just sought all the more to kill him for speaking the truth. The warning was ignored, and warnings that come from God, well, they're not wise to ignore. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, What Will the Owner Do? We are indeed working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Mark was writing to Romans, to not to the book of Romans, not to the church at Rome, but to the Roman culture. He was a man who understood the the grace of God. We told his story at the beginning of this book. He was the one who was taken with Paul and Barnabas on the first missionary journey, and something went wrong, and he he dropped out and he turned back and uh, greatly disappointed them. And uh, remember when they went to go on the next journey that the Apostle Paul said, let's go, and Barnabas said, well, I'll get Mark, and he said, whoa, 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 we're not taking that quitter, and Barnabas and Paul got into quite the, it's actually called a paroxysm in Acts chapter 15, they, they couldn't agree, and they wound up going their separate ways, and uh, uh, Barnabas took Mark and went and did a missionary trip that's not recorded in the book of Acts, and Paul took Silas and went and did what we read about in the book of Acts, and and then Remember the wonderful reconciliation story? By the end of his life, Paul writes from a desolate prison cell in Rome, only Luke is with me, he writes to Timothy. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. Mark knew the wonderful grace of Jesus, greater than all our sins. Mark knew the amazing grace that saved a wretch like him. He knew that the people who were most profoundly changed by Jesus were usually the ones that were least involved in the corrupted and twisted system and hierarchy of the Jewish religion as it stood in the days of Jesus. So Mark is writing with a tremendous amount of understanding of, of what Christ has wrought that we now benefit from as the adopted children of God. Now today we enter Mark chapter 12, which is absolutely nothing new in the context. There's no logical reason for the break except maybe a new 
paragraph here. We're still in the final week of Jesus' life, which occupies all of Mark 11 through 16. Jesus has come to Jerusalem for the last time during His first coming. He has made an enormous ruckus. First of all, when He arrived, now I get a kick out of this. Remember the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees were plotting His murder, and they'd put out the word, not knowing if He would come to Jerusalem for this Passover. They said, if anybody sees Him, tell us. There was an APB for Jesus. And when He came, nobody had to tell Him because thousands of people were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. They were proclaiming Him Messiah and rejoicing at His coming. They figured out He was there. That was the first part of the ruckus. Then the next day, He went in and cleared the temple of the ones who were profiteering at the expense of the pilgrims who came to Jerusalem for the Passover, who had turned the the place of worship into what Jesus calls a robber's den. And then the next day after that, earlier in the day that we're studying, Jesus came again into the outer court of the temple, and the, the governing body of the Jews, called the Sanhedrin, sent a delegation to confront Jesus, knowing it was in full public view. They, they meant to shut Jesus down that day. They sent this delegation to demand that Jesus tell them why He was doing what He was doing. Who gave you this authority? Who do you think you are? Mark says it was the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. In other words, it was a delegation from the Sanhedrin. Tell us by what authority you do this. Well, we saw it last time. Jesus saw right through their hypocrisy. He masterfully tied them in knots with His answer to their totally phony question. They meant to shut down Jesus, and they wound up leaving that day with their tails between their legs, and we'll see that in our text for today. Well, following that confrontation that ends chapter 11... Jesus spoke three parables to further explain what all was going on with this big ruckus of Him coming there. Mark includes only the one that we're going to see today. It's the second of the three by comparing Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We know there were three. Now, I suggest you're going to understand this parable all the better if we sneak a peek over to Matthew chapter 21, you're probably going to want to keep uh, a finger in Matthew 21 and a finger in Mark 12 today because we'll go back and forth a little bit because I want you to see what Jesus said just before our text. The previous parable helps explain our text, all those are, are stands on its own for sure. But if we go over to Mark chapter 21, look at verses 28 through 32. Jesus says, this is after He has shut down the uh, accusers. He says, but, but what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. The man came to the second son and said the same thing, and he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said to him, the first. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you that tax collectors and prostitutes 
will get into the kingdom of God before you. It was obviously those Jewish leaders represented by the one that said, oh yeah, we will, and they didn't. Then he goes on to say, for John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe in him, or you did not believe him, but the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him, and you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterward so as to believe him. That sets the stage for the parable that we're going to study this morning. Spoken to the same crowd on the same day, in the same situation, still a, a confrontation between Jesus and the hypocritical Jewish leaders, still in full view of all however many hundreds or thousands of people were in the temple that day. This parable goes even further. Jesus is going to explain that those Jewish leaders had forfeited their possible position in His kingdom. This one further explains His actions in the temple, clearing the temple, His cursing the fig tree, all the stuff that He was doing. So, title of this is, What Will the Owner Do? That comes right out of our text, and you'll see it in a minute. As we study it, I want to take three points of exhortation for you from the principles in this text. Number one, learn from the past, verses 1 through 9. Number two, don't reject the cornerstone. Number three, produce fruit, verse 12. We're going to work our way through this and connect it to a number of other things. First of all, learn from the past. Now, remember in that previous parable, the, the man asked his sons, go work in the vineyard. Well, it was a great illustration because there are vineyards all over Israel, very good place for growing uh, grapes. They were familiar with that whole uh, process. Furthermore, Jesus used terminology which was very familiar to everyone who was familiar with the Old Testament Scriptures and especially the book of Isaiah. It will help you tremendously to understand our text this morning if we go back and look at Isaiah chapter 5 verses 1 through 7 before we look at this parable. If any of you are graduates of Bruce Smith's recent uh, class on Isaiah, I'll bet you spent some time talking about this. Let this sink into your mind before we go to Mark chapter 12. Isaiah 5, 1 through 7, God speaking to Israel through the prophet Isaiah. Let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. And he dug it all around, removed its stones, and planted it with the choicest vine. And he built a tower in the middle of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. Then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I've not done for it? Why, why, when I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? So now, let me tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it will be consumed. 
I will break down its wall and it will become trampled ground and I will lay it waste. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.